All eyes are on the market after closing out a rough week that saw major indices slide by more than 4%. And with the British pound taking a beating, things could get worse before they get better. We take a look at what's sparking the recent volatility in today's Mach 1 Market Moment. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Well, welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, episode 120. Woohoo! We got two of our partners here. We've got Lee and Matt. Guys, it's been a rough road the last couple of weeks and months. Tie knot and hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Turbulent times, to say the least, for our investors, right? We've all been getting the phone calls here recently. The market saw a steep decline last Friday to cap off an already bad week that saw the Federal Reserve raise our interest rate, 75 basis points, three-quarters of a point, for the third consecutive time. And today didn't start off so great either, with many economic experts saying we're in some pretty rough waters. No pun on the hurricane in Florida. Take a listen to this soundbite. I mean, we are in the midst of a lot of turbulence, and it's not going to get better. I think that we're definitely in for for a lot of headwinds, and, and I do think there's a high likelihood of a hard landing here. This was always my concern about the idea that the U.S. could engineer a short and shallow recession to cool off inflation. The U.S. has the strongest economy in the world. If the U.S. goes into recession, uh, that means the entire global economy is in recession, and I think that's we're, we're at a tipping point now. All right. So, guys, we, we talked about this. Yeah, the market's down. So, let, let, let's talk some hard facts, Matt. You got some numbers from last week? Yeah, just looking at some of the indexes. So, the S&P was down 1.72% Friday, over 4.5% for the whole week, 4.65%. The Dow was down a little over 1.6% Friday and over 4% for the week. So, definitely a tough week when you're just looking at the at the major indexes. So to say the market was down last week is an understatement. Yeah, 4%. I mean that's a tough week. Four plus percent in a week. Yeah. That's definitely a that's a that's a bad week. That's not good. I don't care who you who's looking at it. Okay, Mr. Mackey, uh, there are a lot of factors at play right now that's causing some of this market turmoil. What do you see as some of the reasons that it's the market's down? Well, you know, besides some of the obvious, um, you know, you have the Fed. I mean, every economic conversation these days and every business channel. I mean, everything's pointed to Jerome Powell and, and, and the Fed. And as you mentioned in your opening comments, for the third consecutive time, there was a three-quarters of a point or 75 basis point rise in interest rates or an increase in interest rates. And, you know, the cumulative effect, you know, is beginning to really weigh on, on, on the stock market, among other things. And then, you know, over the weekend, you've had the British pound drop to near historic lows at the same time where – the U.S. dollar is rising rapidly. Um, then you throw on, you know, the Russian economy, the, the the escalating words, you know, from Putin about the war in Ukraine. Um, 
you know, and, and then, you know, it to a much smaller level, but you can't ignore it. You know, there's a hurricane in the Gulf, and the question is, does it affect oil production? Um, you know, it, you know, those guys take one day off of pumping, you know, it has an impact on on the price of crude. So you, you've just got a lot of factors in there that are, are causing a lot of uncertainty. Well, let's talk about the Fed for a minute. Yeah, their job, they're hoping to get the inflation to cool off. We're at about 8%. They want to get it to 2 and they think raising interest rates will do it. There's an article by Steve Forbes today that says, nope, that's not the way to do it, but that's a different story. So in real terms, uh, Erica's sitting in here today. She's doing our podcast. If she was going out to buy a house in January, she would have paid an interest rate of about 3.5%. Today, just a few months later, she's going to be paying north of 6 plus percent, double. I saw an estimate a while ago on a $300,000 house. That could be a $600 increase per month on a payment. So that's real world what this interest rate jackup is happening here. Just think about car notes, credit card payments. Uh, so you can see what it's causing that. You, we were kidding before the podcast, Lee, about, hey, now be a great time to go overseas. Strong dollar, a weak pound. I mean, your money goes a long, lot further over there. Uh, yeah, we went to – I noticed that when we went overseas this summer. It was like everything just felt like we got to eat at a really nice restaurant, and it was like – 45 bucks and it was like that would have easily been a hundred dollars here and i was just blown away at how affordable things were and then you talk about russia i mean russia's rattling the nuclear saber over there and it's catching some people off guard like what's going to happen he's calling up the troops he's uh, calling up the national guard if that's what they call it. well russia's wanting to mobilize more troops over there and and you see on the news where all the guys are leaving yeah so what does that mean i mean well you know we you know, we, we did a short video this morning, and, and one of the comments I made was that, you know, uncertainty. You know, the markets don't mind bad news. They don't mind, you know, negative news. The markets absolutely freak out when there's uncertainty. And for the last several months, we have lived in a ocean of uncertainty. Well, we, you know, were, we were talking about right before we got on here of just kind of – Lee, you asked me and Mike, like, did we think the Fed had gone too far, right? That you see a lot of different you, – you mentioned earlier in a conversation, Lee, Jeremy Siegel just absolutely blasting Jerome Powell and telling him he could just lay it out, all the numbers and the data that shows the support, you know, that they have gone too far. And so, you know, I personally think they've – I'm glad they got – they tried to get out ahead of it, but I think they're very close – if not slightly beyond the point of maybe needing to chill out a little bit and just, you know, not, not every rate increase needs to be 75 basis points, right? I mean, you can still increase rates without having to increase them the same rate every single time. And so I think it'll be interesting to see how, what happens between now and their next um, comments in, I think, November. And, you know, do they stay on that same path or are there some events that unfold that give them the reason to believe maybe they can pull back? Even if they increase it, maybe it's a 25 basis point increase or yeah. something. Yeah. Well, and all of us have been getting phone calls from our clients about, hey, I might want to go to cash. And the market's down. I want to go to cash. Well, we, we see who's really going to cash. And it's surprising to us. It's the millennials. Typically, in economic downturns, you expect bad news to have the biggest impact on those in or near retirement. That's kind of my, my area, okay? But according to a new study, turns out millennials are the ones getting spooked by the market. So CNBC 
talked about this on their results on Monday morning. So here's a soundbite about that. Millennials were more likely than any other generation to sell their investments over the past year. This is a generation that has mostly invested in stocks or crypto, and that hasn't gone so well lately. So they're bailing out. A recent survey by Ally Financial found nearly half of millennials, 49 percent, sold all or some of their investments from August 2021 to August 2022. That's compared to 21 percent of Gen X, 17 percent of Gen Z, and 13 percent of boomers. So guys, what do you think about that? What, what, you've got the question about going to cash. What, what are you telling the folks you talk to? It, well, I tell them they shouldn't for the, as a general rule, but going to the, the millennial issue, you know, and I don't even know what would define millennials. I don't know what age that goes up to. Younger it's than younger. You. Yes, it's younger. You know, if you think about it, they really have not experienced a prolonged de period of declining stock market values in their investing lifetime. Um, I mean, it's been 10 plus years. Um, and so these guys are not used to it you know literally i have some clients that honestly probably believe that the market goes up every single year because that's really all they have experienced now there have been little pockets of you know of volatility of down like we had in march of 2020 but even that year was an historic up year in the stock market so i think a lot of it is you know there's you know crypto was the <laughs> was the greatest thing in you know, since sliced bread, you know, just a few short months ago, and now it's, you know, at historic lows. And so I think a lot of it is they're, not, they're just not used to it. Where older clients, they've been through this. They know that, you know, things generally improve. So that's part of it. I was listening to a podcast last week, and I think, bear with me here. I'm going to try to kind of lay this out like they were. But they were putting together two scenarios of, Okay, let's just look at things objectively and say you're an investor and you're looking at two, two different markets that you could invest in. Okay, one trading at all-time highs, forward P ratios are 23, 24, 25 on the S&P 500, and you can't make any interest on safe money. Yield is zero. Or you've got more historically normal PE ratios on some of the major indexes um, and companies across the board, and you can go out and earn 3 or 4% on your savings, which market would you rather invest in? And I think, you know, we would all say, well, I'd much rather invest in this market versus one that was at an all-time high and rates were at zero. Um, so especially as like a retiree. So it's just interesting when you start to look at things through a different lens of, yes, like the market's not as high as it was a couple years ago, but the market had also been on a pace for quite a while that we also knew wasn't sustainable forever either. And so we're kind of back to a point now where you look at all of the data, the PE ratios and like what companies are trading for the bubbles have burst where they needed to burst in crypto and your meme stocks and some of these things that were just way out in front of their head over their skis, you know, and the markets, I think in a lot of ways in a healthier spot, even though that's hard to say right now, cause it's like, Oh, my account's down, like moving forward, you should actually feel better about the next three years than you did, you know, a year or two ago, just because of where things are at. Does that, I mean, does it, it make it, sense? Well, and it makes perfect sense. And, and, you know, they always, you know, Warren Buffett. I mean, I think everybody who listening to this knows who Warren Buffett is. Warren Buffett is. 
you know, he always talks about how when there's blood in the streets is when he's ready to go back in or to go in, you know, yeah. with both feet. And I think we're getting to that point where there's just there's sell-offs in every sector, some of it for no reason whatsoever. Um, and so I think patience for those that are patient, for those that just don't open their statements, they don't look at every red banner that's scrolling across the TV screen these days. Just hang tight. You're going to you be know, rewarded for you the You will patience. be rewarded for patience. Yeah. It, it hurts now, um, but it will get better. I was reading an article today about how much cash is sitting on the sidelines just waiting for a signal where the market has hit the bottom and here it goes. Well, none of us are market timers, right? So if you're in the market and it rebounds, you're going to take part in that. If you miss, what, the best 10 uh, investing days in a decade, your returns are cut in half. So you're not that good. We're not that good. Well, so. and what's nice about it is, you know, most or a lot of our listeners, they, they participate in 401k plans or they're investing in some in their accounts monthly. Dollar cost averaging. Yes, you've been dollar cost averaging down. Well, you know what? Over the last 10 years, you've been dollar cost averaging up. But if you've continued that and not stopped that practice, you will be rewarded, like Matt said, as, as the markets do turn around. And this could be a good time for some people that want to do Roth conversions. Sure. If you've got IRA money that you want to do a Roth conversion and it fits in your tax strategy, man, what a better time than right now to do mm -hmm. that. Right here at the end of the year, you know exactly what your income is going to be, what tax bracket you'll be in. If you were planning to do that, Man, I jump on that right away. Absolutely, and it's 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 human nature to want to be like reactionary. We were talking about right before we jumped on here. You know, we have seminars and different client events, and you know, a year or two ago, everybody wanted to talk about crypto. Hey, should we invest some money in crypto? It's like, well, haven't heard anything about crypto in a long time, right? It's because it's been going, it's been going straight down. It's down sixty percent, I think, Bitcoin is year to date, and yep. so you don't want to get in that that reactionary oh the market's down like should we be doing something or oh crypto's up should i be buying like there's got to be a bigger plan here we hear we talk about it all the time but like what's your plan lee mentioned it do you need cash is your income taken care of and solved for and if you can check those boxes then your long-term investment piece um you know that doesn't need to change based on what's happening in the market you know you work with an advisor or you manage your own investments in a way that fits within that plan you don't react just based on um, the market's up or down given you know. if you're a millennial you're you're under the age of 40 45 you, you shouldn't even look at this you shouldn't even look at because it, it will come back before you need it in retirement if you're 60 plus and you're in retirement close to retirement you need to have a cash reserve so you don't have to sell assets when they're depressed like this if you've got that then you don't need to worry about it uh, those that are freaking out now a lot of we were just kidding earlier that a lot of folks think they're aggressive in their investment strategies until the market goes down yeah and then they get real conservative mm -hmm. so again work with an advisor whether us or someone else is a fiduciary get that income plan for your retirement and if you're not close to retirement turn off the news keep that dollar cost averaging like lee was talking about and years from now you'll be glad you bought at, at a down market like this absolutely all right so yeah matt you mentioned bitcoin's down 60 percent. so if you're in the market for bitcoin uh we wouldn't recommend it <laughs> All right, some other insights from the survey. Matt, what are those? Yeah, so nearly 40% of those surveyed sold some or all of their investments due to inflation. Ooh. So that, um, I think, you know, that's an interesting uh, piece of information there, a data point, because I think 
it goes to say that there's a lot of people that maybe got caught having too much money in the market that they should have never had invested to begin with, right? They got caught in that, hey, the market's gone up, or I need to buy this meme stock, or I need to, and that should have been money that they had in their emergency fund or cash reserves, but they just couldn't, it was burning a hole in their pocket, so they went and invested it. And now, you know, things have gotten tighter, and so now they're forced to sell positions where, so I think that probably is a lot of that. So that just goes to reiterate, you know, have that plan of how much cash emergency fund kind of buffer do I need to have, regardless of your life stage or where you're at. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs it. Doesn't matter if you're 30 or 80. Um, and the other point was, 31% sold due to fear of losing money amid stock market volatility. So that just reactionary, fearful, um, you know, sentiment letting it you know drive their decision making. Yeah, you know, we go back to during the pandemic. You know, you couldn't buy a car, right? If there was a car on the lot you paid above sticker price for it because there wasn't that many there. Right. But when there's a thousand cars on the lot and there's only a hundred buyers, man, they'll come off the price. Well, stock market's a lot like that. It's like an auction place. You're selling all your Coke stock and it drives the price down. I'm going to be over here. If I'm buying, I get it at a steal. So which side of that coin do you want to be on? You want to sell it at a dramatic loss or you want to be that guy on the other side like, yeah, let them sell it off. I'm going to get it at a steal. So if we can step back and look at it like that, uh, that would be helpful. But as we all know, it's a little bit emotional when we go through things like this. And, Mike, you had a good point earlier about, you know, don't ever make an investment, uh, a decision on getting more conservative or more aggressive if you haven't, if you haven't already decided what the, the secondary part of that decision is, right? So and what I mean by that is don't say, well, I'm going to go to cash and have no idea when when you might get back in that other that second part of that decision needs to already be defined you don't need to go to cash to begin with but if you are going to make an extreme decision you know and then I, the one thing i hear oftentimes is well you know just when things get better i'm like well let's let's sit and think about that you know define that for me right because there's always stuff going on there's always noise and so how do you define better so just think through the bigger picture there it can be the easy comfortable decision can be sell all it can it can feel really good in that moment but it, i'm not under i'm not exaggerating it can absolutely ruin you for the next five ten years if you get that wrong right we have an example where someone sold off in the middle of the pandemic went to cash as we all know it all came back just a few months later they stayed in cash they are currently in cash they missed the run-up of 50-plus percent, missed all of it because they didn't have that, when do I get back in? So if you go to cash, you got to know when you're going to get back in or otherwise don't go to cash. Yeah. Mr. Mackey, any parting shots for today? No, I just, you know, kind of like we said this morning and kind of like we've said not only in this um, podcast but others, just, you know, it's going to be okay. Um, listen to your planners, listen to your financial advisors, um, turn off the TV, <laughs> um, get a hobby. <laughs> um, but you know, our clients oftentimes want to know, you know, are, do y'all feel the pain as well? Sure. We all have money in the market, you know, just like them, we're excited when the market goes up and we don't like it when the market goes down, but, um, it's, it's not fun. We hate it for, you know, for everyone that's involved, but. Um, brighter, sunnier days are, are ahead. We just don't know exactly when that day will be, but um, it'll be all right. I had a conversation with a client a while ago. I mean, unemployment is down. I mean, 
any, you go to any restaurant, any place, they're looking for help, right? There's jobs to be had. Absolutely. You go to car lots. Car lots are still kind of scarce, so the, the demand is still there. Jobs are still there. So, and you go out to eat. We went out to eat after church yesterday, and every place is packed. So people are spending money. So the, the underlying fundamentals seem to be there. Yes, inflation's high. We got that. We got the war in Ukraine. We got all that. But those things can turn around. So the underlying fundamentals are still there. So there's brighter days ahead. We just got to get through this valley, this ugliness. Matt, parting shots. No, that's it. That's all I got. All right, we'd like to end each one of these with all the day. We've used this one before, but it's still so true. Tough times never last, but tough people do by Robert Schuler. Well, folks, that's episode 120 of the Mach 1 Market Moment. We hope you join us next time when we're bringing you some more headlines on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC, Mach 1, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak to your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit Mach1Financial.com disclosures.